All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Wild on Sports Weekly Podcast. This one is for the week of July 17th. Um, as always, I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Maddie McRance. Um, obviously, you know me as Dennis Estes. And, of course, we got the real Cobb Salad himself at the controls. Um, he's going to be helping us out today as we go through our mailbag. Um, speaking of the mailbag, you guys can submit your questions to us at info at wildonsports.com. You can also hit us up at Twitter, at wildonsports. Um, we'll get to those tweets and emails in just a minute. But, Maddie, why don't I bring you in here? How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. It's uh, good to get back on here, talk some sports with all you guys. Um, you know, appreciate everyone listening so far. Dennis, I mean, what's been going on, man? What's big with you? Oh, boy, summer is in full swing now. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff going on. We just had the MLB All-Star game. Uh, We've got the British Open coming up this weekend. That's always something that uh, I really get excited for. And we're almost to August. When you get to August, that means football season is just about here. We've got college games starting. We've got the NFL right around the corner. I know I've already started to put together uh, some draft sheets for fantasy football. I'm sure you guys have, too. Um, That's all really fun stuff that we'll get to um, before too long here. Uh, But let's go to the mailbag first. So I'm going to throw it over to Chris. What do you got for our first question from our viewers? Hey, what's up, guys? We've got James from Lexington, Missouri. Uh, He wrote in asking about the MLB All-Star game that's coming up. He asked simply, should I care? Is it important anymore? And who do you think is going to win? Yeah, well, I mean, great questions. First of all, thank you for uh, submitting your questions. Keep those coming. Um, I guess as far as should you care, well, MLB says that you have to care now, Matt, right? I mean, it's I mean, We're supposed to care. We're forced to care. But I still don't care. It's an exhibition game that they try to turn into something more than an exhibition. It's stupid. Yeah, I agree. I mean, honestly, if they want it to count for something, then they shouldn't make it a popularity contest. The voting shouldn't be in the fans' hands. If it's going to be valuable, then it should be the best players, the hottest players at that time, and it should be picked probably by, I mean, either some sort of league executive or the manager that's going to be coaching that team. Get the guy right. you want think gives you the best chance to win. All right. I mean, again, if this is going to be something that matters and this time it counts, then actually make it count and have managers vote for who's going to play on their team and not let fans stuff the ballots to get, I don't know, whomever onto the all-star team. Yeah, I mean, when you look at when you're looking at the starting roster last night, you have a guy playing shortstop for the National League who – plays for the worst team, well, the worst team in, in the NL Central, one of the worst teams in all of baseball. I mean, how do you have a Milwaukee Brewer in your starting lineup? He's not one of the best players in the world no. right now. No. And I mean, you've got you've got guys, I know we've talked about Puig on here before. Um, he's one of the hottest hitters in the world right now, and he's nowhere to be found. Um, I mean, it's, it's really become a bit of a charade, and as much as I respect Mariano Rivera. I mean, that last night was more about, okay, we're in New York. We're going to, you know, make sure he's in the spotlight. We're going right. to stop him for 20 minutes so he can stand on the mound and shed a tear or two. I mean, 
I, I get it from the PR side of things, but in really MLB, I mean, come on. Right. I mean, this time it counts. It counts for me not watching it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is a little bit of fun, i found, uh, with the Home Run Derby. I mean, I, I can get into that a little bit. No, the I, Home Run Derby is so much worse than the actual game. Not so much for the home run factor because, I mean, who doesn't love seeing a long ball get crushed? But, I mean, when the call for the first home run is back, 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 gone, and the call for the last home run is back, 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 gone, there's a problem. Well, that's, that's a commentator issue, not an event issue, isn't it? Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's true, but... Chris Burton's kind of outworn his welcome at this point. I mean, he does, <laughs> he does the same thing every time. He's been doing it since the 80s. I mean, God bless the guy. I mean, he's a legend in the industry, but I think it's time for him to sail off into the sunset. Right. And I don't know. I mean, how Puig was in the home run derby after he's just been crushing balls lately. It's kind of a joke, too. Yeah, I mean, that that is the one thing that I don't absolutely love about that is some of the better hitters. I mean, David Ortiz is having a monster year for the Sox. He's not in there. Um, I mean, yeah, it's great, and it's so much fun to watch. And it's cool to have guys like Cespedes, who ended up winning it, kind of come out of nowhere and do it. Um, there's also, I mean, for some people, there's that gambling element to it, too. I mean, it really, <laughs> you know, you've got a one in eight shot of winning, and, you know, you've got odds. you got some money to throw around. It's kind of fun. It makes it interesting yeah. for you. Um, but, I mean, beyond that, I mean, I, boy, oh. All-Star Week, especially, like, it's on a Monday and Tuesday. I just can't get up to that. No. I mean, it's the most dead part of the in the sports world. It is, yeah. And it doesn't really do a great job filling it. But, I mean, that's that's another debate for another day. <laughs> thanks for that question. And, Chris, what do we got for question number two? All right, guys, this next question comes from Pat in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And he wants to know, with the Patriots' tight end situation, the apparent mess that it's in, what are their options going forward? Well, Matty, as the resident diehard Patriots fan, I'll uh, turn this one over to you. Well, I can tell you who's not going to be a tight end. That's a guy that everyone thinks should be a tight end, and that's their boy Timmy Tebow. Um, you know, taking a quick look, the depth chart here, you still have Gronkowski as your number one guy, uh, Michael Hooman as your number two. Right is, is Gronk going to play? Is Gronk going to play? He's hurt. Are we going to see him this year? You'll see him this year. And then you have Jake Ballard there too. I mean, guys come and go through the preseason. I don't think it's a, as serious and as dire of an issue as people are making it out to be. It's definitely not as serious as making a third-string quarterback your tight end. Well, I mean, if you're going into opening day, right, you've got mm-hmm. Gronkowski, who by all accounts isn't going to be ready. I mean, they're, they're talking, you know, two, three, four, six weeks. He's going to be on the PUP list most likely. Um, you've got Ballard, who's coming off an ACL injury. So there's question marks there. I mean, that leaves you with, Daniel Fells and Michael, excuse me on this one, Humanui. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, however you pronounce that on your death chart, why not give 
a guy like Tim Tebow at least a look in the preseason and, you know, get him in a couple games, see what he can do. I mean, what's the worst right. thing that can well, happen? He gets knocked on his ass like half the rookies out there do, and he's saying, right. okay, that didn't work. Maybe we'll no. try something else. The worst thing that happens is that it takes away reps from guys that actually need them and that are actually tight ends. Right, but if two of the four guys you have on the roster at that position are standing on the sideline with injuries, I mean, I'd, why not? I would rather have a street-free agent as my third tight end than Tim Tebow is. Well, I mean, they they did sign a couple of those street-free agent guys. They signed a guy named Brandon Foy, uh, excuse me, Brandon Ford, uh, he played for Clemson last year. He had, let's see, 40 receptions for 480 yards and eight touchdowns in his four-year career there. Um, and then they got another guy off the scrap heap, Zach Suckfield. Um, He had very similar numbers for Nevada. Um, nobody yeah, ever and, but here's, like, people are going to expect the same production out of the new tight ends as they are out of Gronk and Hernandez. The Patriots are smart enough to game plan around not having those guys and highlighting different strengths. The tight end position was so good in New England for these past few years that fans have come to expect great things from that position. When you don't have the caliber to do that, then you're going to move on to something else. All right. So, yeah, I agree to you to a certain extent, but – their receiving core also was used to be significantly stronger than it is now. I mean, you have Danny Amendola and who else? I mean, who who are you going to throw the ball to if you're not throwing the ball right. to tight end? That's true. So, you know, maybe you see more of the running game with Ridley and Vereen. Yeah, I, I guess it's so. It's up to the coaching That's staff. True. They have to game plan with the guys that they have and guys that they don't. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I agree with you there, but a, a guy they do have is Tebow. I, I don't see any reason for them not to at least give him a look. Well, it's going to be a long preseason. We'll find out. Yeah, I, I guess we will. All right. Well, thanks for that question. We'll throw it back to Chris now for question number three. All right, guys. This next question comes from Calvin in Secaucus, New Jersey. He wants to know, with Ilya Kovalchuk leaving the New Jersey Devils and signing with a Russian KHL team, is there anyone else in all of hockey that I should hate more than Ilya Kovalchuk? <laughs> the answer to that is no. You, as a New Jersey Devil fan, which I'm assuming you are from New Jersey, you should hate his guts. I mean, he really just gave a huge F you to the Devils. I mean, he did this at the worst possible time. He's got a ton of years with a ton of money left on his contract. The Devils had just gone out and made a huge move to pick up Corey Schneider at the draft. He goes and does this a day after David Clarkson, who they could have used that Kovalchuk money on to resign. Well, they didn't have the cap space, so Clarkson had to go elsewhere. He signs with Toronto. All the big-name free agents have pretty much signed at this point, leaving you with scrappy guys. I mean, guys like, oh, I don't know, Yamir Yager and, you know, Damian Bruner and just, I mean, second, third-tier guys at these stages in the career. If you're a Devils fan, yeah, you hate Kovalchuk right now. What do you think, Matt? He's an absolute crook. He stole, what, like basically $77 million away. 
did you see Jeremy Roenick and how mad he got? He absolutely lit Cole Chuck up on Twitter. He he deserves it. What did he say? Uh, just basically everything that we were talking about, how he just stole from the team, more or less, and that just puts the uh, Devils in such a crappy position going forward. Yeah, I mean, the Devils, if you're the Devils, though, you got to kind of think that the writing might have been on the wall a little bit. Um, coming out of the lockout, it was really pulling teeth to try to get him to come back from Russia from the KHL this last time. He came back a couple weeks later than everyone else, and it was a deal made by Lamarello with whoever the owner was of the KHL team at the time to get him back. That was the only reason why it happened. Um, right. and so, if you're the devil, you've got to a little bit of the blame. Cause, I mean, you right, have, and they, they are the back. ones that signed him to the ridiculous contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, his contract is the reason now why there is an eight-year max on contracts. Right. Like, that's a mega deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, which I mean, those eight-year contracts—that's still a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the only guys you should really see getting those contracts are the true franchise guys. I mean, we saw Bergeron just got one with the Bruins. Deserves it. Latang just got one of the Penguins. Deserves it. I mean, guys like that that are key core, long term guys. Yeah, your cornerstone guys. Give them eight years, but, but I mean, free agent all, like that. I mean, there's no reason to do that. I mean, no. the only guys that have gotten deals like the two guys that have gotten deals like that now, Kovalchuk, who we've seen, and the other was Rick DiPietro. <laughs> I mean, probably will go down as the worst contract in NHL history. Um, they have to. Yeah, I mean, so that's examples right there why you don't do it. Well, thanks for that question. Let's throw it back over to Chris now for our fourth and final question of the evening. All right, guys, this next question comes from Toby in Bloomington, Indiana, and he says, I'm participating in my first PGA Tour um, gambling event this weekend for the British Open. Who should I pick? Matt, I'll let you start this one. All right. Well, first off, we never condone illegal gambling. Wink, wink. But if you had to pick a few guys, uh, a couple guys that I like this weekend, definitely Justin Rose is up there. Um, Adam Scott, another guy that's been playing some really good golf lately. I'm going to say it right now, stay away from Tiger. Really? That's interesting. I mean, it's hard to ever pick against the best player in the world. He's the best player for a reason. That said, he hasn't won a major in you know four or five years. Um, you know, I think that there's a very good chance that this is a coming out party. Yeah. I, I, I honestly feel that I mean, this, these majors are all that matters to him. I mean, there is only one record that he cares about, and that's Jack Nicklaus' 17 major wins. Um, he's mm-hmm. in 14 now, so he needs four more to break the record. I mean, he's going to show up to play. I mean, this is it. I mean, he should have been right there at the Masters. He had that unlucky carom off the flag into the water. He should have been there at the U.S. Open. I mean, he had the little elbow issue. We haven't really seen him play since. Um but he should have, should have, should have. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, he's he's still the best player in the world. There's a reason why he's an eight to one odds compared to you know the next closest guy is twelve to one. Uh, there's reasons for that. 
Now, with that said, some other guys to look for. With this event, if there's wind, which there almost always are at those length-style courses, it's really guys who can control their ball flight. I mean, guys who grew up playing in that have a huge advantage. So, like Matt said, um, you have your guys like Justin Rose, you have Lee Westwood, Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter. Those guys are all guys you should probably look for. Uh, another guy who is really hot right now is Henrik Stenson. He's playing really well. Um, if you're looking at guys from the U.S. to pick, uh, I mean, Matt Kuchar is always a steady play. Um, Jason Duffner's probably the best ball striker on the PGA Tour, even though he hasn't had as good a season as he did last year. Uh, my dark horse this year, uh, Dustin Johnson is probably the one guy who holds the title now as not to win a major. Um, he is as good as anybody out there, hits the ball an absolute ton, um, can control his ball a little bit. I mean, he's more of a bomb and gouge type of guy. And at a course like Marion, where they are this week, excuse me, um, yeah, well, they, they, they have fucked up. <laughs> it's not Marion. Marion was the U.S. Open. Yeah, it's St. Andrews. It's not at St. Andrews. It's something that starts with an M. It's um, Medina. No, no not Medina. Murfield. It's at Murfield Village. Murfield Medina. Yeah. So I'm going to start over again with my Dustin Johnson take. My vagina? <laughs> yeah. All right, starting in 10. So, I mean, my dark horse this week is Dustin Johnson. He's probably the best U.S. player active right now to not win a major. Um, he's a guy that just absolutely crushes the ball off the tee. And at a course like Murfield where, you know, you you hit it and it just runs forever, he's going to be hitting driver wedge into a lot of holes, uh, which, you know, really – puts him in a good position. Um, so I like him as kind of my sleeper pick to break out this week. And for me, for a sleeper, I'm going with Louis Oosthuizen. Guy that always finds himself at the top of the leaderboard in these major opens. Looking about a 50-1 to one odd to uh, win the thing, but if you put some a little bit of money on him, you might end up with a nice little uh, jackpot at the end. There you go. That, that's a pretty good pick. All those European guys are pretty good this week. All right, All right well, guys, now, the... hold on. Now, hold on, guys. So you know why I asked that question from Toby. I needed to know you know, we, we have a bet going on at Wild on Sports amongst ourselves. We have a little office pool. So now that you guys have given your sort of predictions and who you think is going to win, what are the five players in your pool that we're betting on tomorrow? Go ahead, Matt. All right, I have to look him up. I'm sorry. Matt, <laughs> you knew this was coming. <laughs> All right, I'll do my five in ten seconds. Should I just do that whole intro again? Yeah, why don't you do that again? All right, yeah, I'm ready to go now. We'll do it in ten. All right, guys. So you know why I asked that last question. You know, we have our office pool going at Wild on Sports for the British Open. 
the Open. Um, now that you've given your predictions and, and some of your players, uh, who are the five players that you actually put money on for tomorrow and this weekend? Well, right now my top five guys go like this. Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, Lee Westwood, Matt Kuchar, and Louis Ustazen, which is totally why I said his name in our uh, little segment there. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like, really like four of your picks there, Matt. I, I don't see Rory being much of a factor, but my five guys, I've got Tiger. I, you'd be stupid not to, not to pick him in your top five there. I've got obviously Dustin, not Dustin Johnson, my sleeper pick that I mentioned before. Henrik Stenson, Matt Kuchar, and I also actually have Louis Stays in, in my group of five. Dub, what do you got, man? Jeez, guys, did you copy off each other's list? <laughs> well, I went with, um, like most people, Tiger Woods. You said it. Lame. Best player, best player in the world and always has a shot to win every time he plays. Um, so I, I couldn't not include him. So really, for me, it was, it was like picking four for this tournament. Um, the next pick that I had was my favorite, um, my personal favorite, Luke Donald, um, an Englishman. Mm-hmm. So really, really thought, you know, home field, home turf advantage would, would help him out. Um, another one I picked, kind of a speculative pick, Graham McDowell. Um, as you mentioned earlier, someone who can control the ball. Um, then I went with a player who's been really, really hot lately, Henrik Stenson. And also, you know, Swedish guy. He's used to playing on the, the European courses. So I went with him. And my final pick was Boo Weekly, sort of a, a dark horse, but certainly someone who might win it for us um, coming into the weekend. <laughs> well, we've all well, got we'll our see. We'll we've see. all got our favorites. I guess we'll see who wins. Uh, there, those are our picks. If you're listening to the show, send us your picks, info at Wild on Sports, or you can obviously hit us up at Twitter, at Wild on Sports. Uh, send us your picks. We'll see who has the best groupings. Uh, we get the – boy, these guys are starting early over there. It starts Thursday morning, 1.30 East Coast time here in the U.S. Um, obviously, the first group doesn't go out until about 6.30 in their time over there. Um, but – you can burn the midnight oil, stay up all night, watch some good golf. Um, Tigers teeing off, I believe, around 9.45 um, Eastern Standard Time out here. Um, so I'm sure he'll be in a featured group. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on. Chris, as always, a pleasure. Uh, uh, hold on, guys. As always. Just, just one more, one more you know, disclaimer. Um, we we do not condone gambling here at Wild on Sports. So just, just one official one official disclaimer, you know, for the record, we, we do not condone gambling. Says the man with Bovada open on his computer right now. All right. And with, <laughs> with that we we're gonna sign off for the evening. Um as always, check out the site wildonsports.com. Um we've got a bunch of great sponsors. Um obviously hit up the FanDuel as well. And until next time, I'm Dennis, we got Maddie McGrance, and of course, Dove on Controls. We're out.